This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Reality radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Okay, bears are scary. That's a pretty scary sound. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I play that sound effect from the National Park Service to remind everyone that, yes, we are technically in a bear market for the Dow. Now, the S&P and the NASDAQ, the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ, aren't exactly there yet. But they're close. But does it matter? This is what is supposed to happen to stocks. This is what a lot of you don't get. Stocks have to go down at times. They have to be scary at times. That's the only way you can justify the kinds of rewards that equities have provided over the past many, many years, almost a hundred that we can track with a high degree of accuracy. So you cannot expect high returns and a stable market. Those two things cannot go together. If you want stability, you have to accept little or no return on your money. Thus, bonds. That's why bonds exist. And that's the topic of Tom's podcast this week. I met with someone recently who said, why do you recommend owning bonds? Bonds, as you know, are an IOU. They're issued by corporations or governments that say, loan us your money, we'll pay you back a certain amount of interest, and then give you your principal back at the end. But bonds have not returned very much money over time. I'll give you an example here. Government bonds, 1926 through 2019, we're coming up on 100 years. $1 in those government bonds in 1926 has grown to $175 by the end of last year. That sounds pretty good. Until you compare it to that same dollar in small company stocks, basket of those, the dollar grew to $40,132. No comparison. And bonds, you would expect, are going to pay less in the years to come as interest rates are so low. Yields have gone down dramatically here in this recent uh, stock market volatility, if you will. But, you know, I always think back to what Will Rogers said. He's more concerned with the return of his money than the return on my money. That's the part that bonds have supplied. So let's talk about bonds just for a minute. Let me give you a couple of reasons why I think you should not own bonds. Number one, I would not own bonds because they're paying high amounts of interest. We'll talk about why that is in a minute. Another reason is I would not own bonds if you believe you own them to make money when stocks go down. There is no causal inference between <laughs> stock prices going down and bond prices going up. Sometimes it happens, 
because people rush money into bonds, and that's been the case in 2008 and here in early 2020, but that is not the reason to own them. The reason to own them is, well, a couple. Number one, if you need money in the near future and you want to make a little bit of interest on that money, you could use a bond fund. Now, those of you who've listened a long time know that I've recommended the Vanguard Short-Term Investment Grade Bond Fund, VFSTX. Current yield there, 1.85%. Return year-to-date, about 1.7%. So it hasn't made much, but it's made a little bit more than just having it in a savings account. Remember, there's a corresponding amount of risk there, right? So if you need the money in the not-too-distant future, that's one reason to own bond funds. But here's the other I think makes way more sense, and that is bonds should give you a buffer from large amounts of volatility. Think, for example, if you have all your money in stocks, which if you're a young person, and I say young, I'd say anybody under 30 for sure, if you have 100% of your money in stocks, along the way, you need to expect that half of that is going to go away. It happened in 2008, right? It's happened in other times. And those of us who are a little older than that might not want to see that much volatility. For example, if you, instead of having 100% in stocks, move to a more moderate portfolio, 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds, the worst uh, 12 consecutive month performance I could find is a decline of 29%, almost 30%. Still pretty dramatic, but nothing close to 50. And then if you're even more risk averse, a portfolio 40% in stocks, 60% in bonds. The worst one year I can find is a loss of 19%. And here's another thing to consider about bonds. Let's assume for sake of argument that you have a million dollars and you agree to be in a portfolio 100% or pardon me, 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds. You now have $400,000 in bonds that don't move around much and can supply the income you need in retirement, right? Exactly. So let's talk about today's example for bonds because I think it's powerful and it's recent and you can remember it. Not really that historical just yet because there are those of you that want to make all parts of your portfolio make money, right? I talk to you regularly and you say, I'm in those lousy bonds. They're yielding less than 2%. They're not making anything. Let's move it over to somewhere where they will. And that generally is what they call a high-yield bond, well, more commonly referred to in this industry as junk, right? Issued by corporations that are going to struggle to pay you back. And just take a look, the Vanguard High-Yield Bond Fund, which lost almost 25% of its value in 2008-2009, year-to-date, this is VWEHX, has lost 4% of its value. So, now you're in stocks that have gone down quite a bit and you're in bonds that have gone down quite a bit. But conversely, what if you own the Vanguard Total Bond Fund, VBMFX? Well, year to date, that's made 5.6% with a yield right now of about 1.8. Or another example of a all-government bond, the Dimensional Intermediate Term Government Bond Fund, DFIGX, year to date, up 8 0.9%. Now, I'm not saying to own it because of that, but I am saying it clearly shows you that the safer, if you will, bonds in governments and the total bond fund have done far better in this time of great volatility. They've made money. They've sort of held your portfolio in place while the Vanguard high yield bond fund has lost 4%. Bonds 
should be in place for portfolio stability. Bonds could be in your portfolio as you get closer to retirement because you can always draw on that no matter what happens to the stock market. Do not overlook this important part of your portfolio, especially as you get closer to retirement. I'm Tom Cobb. Talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.